What's up, guys? Welcome to The Strength Connection. I'm Michael Krakowski, and I'm here to connect you with the top minds in the world of strength to share stories, insights, and experiences to help you become stronger every day. We all have different goals. We all have different desires we want to achieve in our lives. But one common denominator for all of us is that strength will help everything. And now for a time, you can grab a free copy of the One Day Strength Challenge, the playbook that incorporates proven strength aerobics training, along with the skill of intuition to help you create, design, and achieve your perfect training plan that fits around your busy schedule. Just go to www.thebreakthroughsecrets.com to grab your free copy today. So today, I got a chance to connect with one of my favorite people, the maestro of programming, Master SFG instructor Fabio Zonin. I first first met Fabio in an elevator at an event about 10 years ago in Minnesota when he first took a leadership position with the RKC system and then continued with Pavel Tatsulin and Strong First and has been a master instructor since the beginning of the company. If you don't know much about Fabio, please go check him out on Instagram or his numerous articles on the Strong First website. So I spoke with him about six months ago on the Breakthrough Secrets podcast, and that was when we talked about his background in bodybuilding, then getting into his work with powerlifting and learning the philosophies of strength that he practices today. In this episode, we went in a few different directions, starting with his process of programming and how he uses himself and a few close people as guinea pigs of new programs, but also the importance of bringing in other people that they haven't worked with before to get a real understanding of how programs work. We talked about his work with Build Strong, which is a program he developed with Pavel on using strength training principles with hypertrophy training, which I always have found so fascinating because one of the things I've heard so many times from people about kettlebell training is that they don't help with putting muscle on. Fabio's work completely debunks that. And anyone who still questions this, I encourage you to check out Fabio's program. An exciting piece we dove deep into was about the new course, Victorious, which is a course specifically focused on helping you develop a stronger, safer, and more effective kettlebell overhead press. This was so amazing, personally for me, because my love-hate relationship with pressing, as I know so many of you uh, have the same thing. But the way Fabio breaks it down, along with the programs that you can follow to create a stronger press, it's all in this course, and you do not want to miss this one. All right, so now, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you on the inside. Fabio, great to see you, my friend. Hey, Mike, great to see you. Yeah, it's been, I was going to say, it's been, yeah, I said it was like, it felt like I just spoke to you, but then realizing it's been almost like six months since the last yeah. time that we talked. So Yeah, and as we said, you know, we've been interacting through email, so that kept us close. And so we didn't feel the distance in time that much, did we? Exactly. Yeah. Well, again, great to see you. And I'm really excited to dive in. As I just said, we were um, just chatting a little bit before we recorded. And there's a few different directions that I wanted to dive into, specifically with some pressing stuff that you're doing with the new Victorious program, which first off, the name Victorious of a program, like that just sells it right there. Everybody wants to be victorious. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But before we get into that, you were just telling me about, um, you know, some of the different programs that you've worked with recently over the last few months. And the last time we spoke, you were in the middle of a, a Built Strong program you were kind of working with, I think, week two of, I yes. think, six or eight weeks that you were doing. So how did, I, that, I, how did that turn out for you? Oh, really well. I, I, was, I did the plan and I also been under diet. So I don't know if you see me, but I look thinner. I lost... You know, COVID did not help uh, keeping mm-hmm. your body, you know, uh, fat percentage down. So okay. I, I was heavy for my, you know, compared to my average. So I was like in kilos, I was 95 kilos, 96. Mm-hmm. I'm 83 now, so 13 kilos, that's almost 30 pounds. 
So wow. I didn't lose weight while I was trying to, you know, keep my, my strength there, which mm -hmm. did stay, and get also keep the muscle size or even increase it, which is, you know, very uh, ambitious. But it did work really well. I, as you know, you know, I, I teach the Build Strong seminars for Plant Strong. And yep. Build Strong is a system based on Plant Strong. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm trying to improve that. I'm trying to make it grow, you know, make the sharpen the blade and create several different plans to follow. So every time I teach a new seminar, I have new additions. I think I'm going to add something to the manual also. Okay. So I did, I did experiment that, which was uh, the first thing I applied to it was interesting because, uh, you know, Build Strong is a power bodybuilding kind of plan mm -hmm. where you use main lifts and specialized variety lifts mostly. It's like you a know, minimalist bodybuilding approach, right? Yes, you basically work on three to six movement patterns. So mm -hmm. we call it BTS three for three, which is okay. very similar to my, you know, get strong in quarantine plans. Then you got the four, which is you no know, three is a squat, a press and a pull, which is the bare minimum you need to do to grow some muscles. Then the BTS four has the hinge, the squat, the press, and the pull. Okay. And then the BTS six, six movement patterns is squat, hinge, horizontal press, horizontal pull, vertical press, vertical pull, the more most complete one. Okay. And then each one has subcategories. So some are most uh, more, more oriented towards pure strength, even if you do gain some size. So it's only main lifts. Mm -hmm. Some plans have the main lift plus some specialized red lift, which focus more on certain areas, body areas. And then there are some versions which also add minimal part of direct muscle work in case you need to focus on a specific muscle. Mm -hmm. But the, uh, the principles and the way it works is pretty much the same. Now, at one point I gathered the interest of several bodybuilders who like to train you know, in a different way and wanted mm -hmm. to experiment it me included by the way mm -hmm. and so i had to give it a little bit of more bodybuilding focus okay. up to the point that some bodybuilders natural bodybuilders competed mm -hmm. using the system and so i started introducing some uh, modified bodybuilding techniques okay and one is the well renowned uh, rest pose we were talking about that before you know, uh -huh. rest pose usually uh, the bodybuilder what they do they bring take a set they take it to exhaustion and as many reps as they can, hopefully keeping good form. And then they rest like 20, 25 seconds, 15 to 25, let's say they pick up the weight again, do as many reps as they can. And they wait another 15, 25 seconds and do this and again they mm -hmm. until they just can't do any more reps. Okay. So it's not exactly what we do in Strong First. It's right. not exactly what I would do. No, we enjoy uh, our rest in Strong First. Exactly. And especially because, you know, we don't want to compromise form in any manner, especially since we're using main lifts. You don't want to go to exhaustion to a squat or a deadlift and then exactly. compromise your form and get injured. You don't want to do anything like that. So I, I, dug into something that was back from the 80s from an Italian bodybuilder. This guy is a genius. He's a, he's a physiologist. He teaches at university. Well, I think he's, he retired on it. He used to teach at university. But he has been also uh, Mr. Universe back in the 80s. His name is Filippo Massaroni. So this guy, who is really a genius, came up quite some time ago with uh, a system that he called the interrupted set. 
And I looked into it, and you know what? If you take a look at Pavel's Quick and the Dead and the anti-glycolytic protocols, mm-hmm. it's pretty much in line with it. Okay. So you use it only in certain exercises, but it's similar to a rest pulse, but it has a different idea because it uses, it uses buffer and it eats it out gradually. Mm-hmm. So let me give you an example. Rest pulse, let's say you can, you do a, as many reps as you can. You say you do eight, right? You wait and you do a 20 seconds, pick up the weight, do as many as you can, probably four. Then you wait as long, you rest as long as you can, you do probably two. And then you keep going. And you do several sets like that. And it's a killer. But it's very much, you know, glycolytic. You, mm-hmm. It's a lactic acid. Bath. It's a burner, yeah. Yeah, which is not all we do. Uh, and because here's a problem with that. Well, compromising form, being sore the following days, several things that uh, I don't say they're wrong. They're very good for bodybuilding, but it's, they don't speak the same language as Bill Strong as, or the same language as we do in Strong First. Mm-hmm. So this interrupter set is completely different. Uh, I, the original plan is... You do, uh, you load a weight which equals to your eight rep max. So you can do, let's say you can complete eight reps okay. with this weight, but you stop at five. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And then you rest 30 seconds. There is a reason to the 30 seconds. Your CP stores, mm-hmm. uh, ATP and CP stores recover fully in about three minutes. But after 30 seconds, you're at 50, 60% of those, this recovery. Yeah. So if you just do five, you have some buffer, right? You wait 30 seconds, you'd probably be able to do five again. Yep. So you wait 30 seconds, you do five. You wait 30 seconds, you do five. And you don't stop at exhaustion. You stop when you realize you cannot complete five anymore. So out of all those mini sets within this series, you go to exhaustion or almost exhaustion mm-hmm. only once. Okay. So you don't have that much production of lactic acid and you don't go glycolytic that much, you stay away from the glycolytic path as, as long as much as you can. Gotcha, okay. So, so, you're, and doing, so I, you're doing that for one set, like just one time that you're going through that? Here's, here's the way, that's the original. Here's the way I modified it. Mm-hmm. According to, you take, give an exercise, according to your rep max, let's say you just test your rep max. For, it, for me, rep max is technical rep max. So you go to technical failure, not to, uh, muscular incapacity. Gotcha. So let's say you can do 10 reps with perfect form. Mm-hmm. You take 50% of those reps, right? And you do, you do half of those. So if you can do 10, your starting set will be five reps. Five. Mm-hmm. You wait 30 seconds and you keep going until you can complete five. So if your rep max is 12, you will start with six. If your rep max is eight, you will start with four. Now, here's how many sets you're going to do. We don't decide how many sets. I give to the athletes a total number of lifts. Lift they have to, so a total number of reps they need to complete in that specific session. Okay. So, for instance, I tell you, okay, uh, in that session, in your bench press, you are to complete uh, 34 reps, right? Total. Okay. Yep. Now, you, you get your weight, you test your rep max, let's say they're eight. Right. Let's say they are 10. So, you know, you start with five reps. Okay. Right. So you do a set of five, then a set of five, you're at 10, then a set of five, you're, you're 15, mm-hmm. then a set of five, you're at 20. That's it. You did 20 reps. You take a full rest at this point and you know, your goal was 34. Mm-hmm. You got 14 to go. So after gotcha. a full rest, you start with five again and then five. And so you may be able to complete your training volume 
in one set, two or three, according to the volume I prescribe. Okay. And according to whenever you start entering the glycolytic system. So you just, it's like, the idea is like, you know, when you enter a room, you open the door, take a look at what's inside and say, yeah. okay, I'm sorry. And you close the door. <laughs> this is the idea. So the door to your glycolytic system, you just get close there. You get in front of the door, you open the door, take a look inside, close the door, okay. the door step back and start again and, and start walking. Oh, that's a perfect analogy. Okay. I love it. Yep. That's pretty much the idea. And, uh, I thought it was genius. So I said, why don't we test it? And I did. And it worked so well. Oh my God. I was, <laughs> I was amazed by the results. So I said, okay, that's a new thing. And then after that plan, I started using that and also doing some other type of stuff. I changed the muscle distribution, the, uh, the way I split the uh, uh, training between, you know, session, uh, sure. Training volume for a given movement pattern. Real quick, I just I want to interrupt you for a sec there, yeah. Fabio, just to stay oh. on that of like, so if we have 34 reps, let's say like we did the four sets of five every 30 seconds, so we've got 20 yeah. down, then you take the full rest. So when you get through the full rest, you were staying at that five rep mark and then yeah. doing that, you start and doing again. that again. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yes, you restart again until you've completed your volume of the day. Gotcha. The way Bill Strong works is that Instead of waiting intensity, you wait the volume from week to week by no less than 20%. Mm-hmm. So some weeks you will have many, many reps to do. Some weeks you have just very low amounts. But the point is that it's the number of uh, the way uh, the, the number of lifts or reps weigh the volume weights from for one movement pattern mm-hmm. is independent than, uh, than from the other patterns. So if this is the ongoing of your bench, your squat may have a totally different curve. Right. So you might be killing yourself doing bench press one week and very easy for the squat, and the following week might be the opposite. In some weeks, all of them are hard, and some weeks, all of them are easy. Gotcha. So it's completely random. You don't really realize what you're doing. It's very hard to find a pattern unless you know the algorithm behind it. Huh. It's, it's, it's interesting. It sounds complicated. And it is until you know how it works. So right. if you take a look at the build strong plan or a plan strong plan, you have a hard time understanding. What is this? <laughs> uh, there is, it looks like there's no logic. It looks like it's totally random. While it isn't at all, it's just that if you know the pattern, it's, it's hard to see the pattern, let's say. Right. But if you know how it works, you get it completely. Exactly. That was kind of how I, I saw strong endurance in the same thing when I first did that. Like the first day you get into it and it's like, all the different energy systems of at six seconds to 10 seconds, this first energy system's coming back. And I, I remember I looked to the guy next to him, like, are you getting any of this? And it's because, you know, Pavel, he can just go and just get oh, all yeah. that, you know, into the chemistry. But everything is built around a principle. Everything's built around that pattern. And once you get that, just like plant strong, then it's just inputting it into the patterns over and over again. Oh, yeah. And I have to confess this. Since I'm a, does it work? It, the right term in English is knucklehead, right? when yeah. you're not too smart. So uh, people, you know, think I'm really good at programming. Well, I, I'm a knucklehead. So when I first, uh, you know, attended the very first plant strong ever, that was in Scottsdale and the same class mm-hmm. for strong endurance. I didn't get it. Yeah. I didn't get any of the stuff. You know how I got it. I took the manual and I translated it into Italian. Okay. So I couldn't get distracted because I had to stay on that sentence mm. until I really understood it because I had to put it in my language, right? 
And this is the way I, I really understood the systems. Oh, wow. So, little behind the scenes stories behind. Story well, you know, behind. it's it's so interesting because, I mean, when you get into the complicated systems, it's finding that way that works best for you. Like, you know, yeah. I remember when I first met you, which was CKFMS, which is 10 years ago now. Oh, thing like talk about a deep dive of like not getting everything. Like it was a four day event of like from Gray and Brett and Iron Tamer and Jeff O'Connor. Like, I mean, so much information. What I did afterwards, I came home and I just started screening people. I just, every person I had, I just started screening them and got really good at screening. And they realized like, okay, you start getting that down, then you realize, okay, there's a pattern to everything. So it's everything. It might start complicated, but once you get it down and you work it in, exactly. By the way, the numbers. Another, I confess something else. I translated the CKFMS manual <laughs> to learn, but you know, and, and here's the point. My effort has been since I took you know Planstrong and you know and and also string neurons. Well, especially Planstrong, my effort has been since I first took it. Because I saw that many people were, were taking it like three times in a row. Mm -hmm. Try to make it more digestible from, from addition to addition. So I work not on improving the system, but in finding always more and more effective ways to deliver the information. Mm -hmm. So right now, if someone attends plans wrong, I do think, I hope, I'm optimistic, but I think people get it right away. Just because through the years, we have developed together with Pavel and also with the help of Brett, a different, a better way to teach it, right? Mm -hmm. It's like our, I recall when I did my first RKC and how we teach the SMGs now. I mean, through the years, we've been sharpening the blade and we've been working really hard, not only on improving the quality and the quantity of information mm -hmm. we're delivering, mm -hmm. but improving the way we would teach it so that people get it right away. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a huge effort. Yeah. That's and I think that's, I mean, that is how you keep developing system and you stay successful with that. Cause yeah. I, you know, I remember last year I, I assisted a level one with Karen and uh, Kevin D over in Philadelphia. And I was really excited about that because it was the first time I went through level one since my level one, which was RKC in 2010, because when everything moved, I got grandfathered in. So I never went through the full course. And the RKC, you remember back then, was way different than how it's taught oh, yeah. now. It was, it was, there was a militaresque almost feeling to it. Wow. And when I went through it last year as an assistant and realizing, wow, like cut out a lot of the fat that was unnecessary before to really dive into the coaching areas and how to in, easily digestible is the best way. And that's the, and, and that's what that. makes the best coaches is if you can easily communicate it over. So it's easy to digest for anybody that you're talking to. Yeah. You know, what happens is that you basically learn the same skills mm -hmm. as it was back in 2010, 2000 or even earlier, but you get, first of all, easier to learn them. You learn them quicker. So mm -hmm. the learning curve is, you know, uh, much easier but the other thing is that you you learn how to teach them to others much better right so it's not only about see it's not it's not only about the content it's about the way you deliver the content that makes mm -hmm. a whole difference so it's interesting and i've been doing the same with pretty much with bill strong you know and plan strong trying to trying to improve my teaching skills mm -hmm. and of course i need to give some news i, I love the idea of 
every time I teach you, I have something new that I experimented, you know, and I. It is. I have, an, I have an old process for testing new stuff, like the rest pose. So I have two guinea pigs, which mm -hmm. is myself and my training partner. We've been, I've been training with the same partner for 20 years now. Okay. We train every morning at my home gym, which used to be a commercial gym before. And so we test everything. Then I have a list of probably 25 people who are always same people that I trust. Mm -hmm. I know whatever I tell them to do, they just do it. And then after that, I refine. So after I test it on myself, I usually refine it and give it a second shot mm -hmm. with refinement. Then I test it on a wider you know, amount of people. Gotcha. And, um, and then I refine it again. And then I start getting people who ask me, uh, for, you know, they have some goals, has to be trained for goals that are in line with what I just designed. Then I go to a broader public and random. So people I don't know, so I get different feedbacks. Okay. And, I create, and I create stats. I <laughs> gather all the data, all the increases, create the stats. And I'm a nerd on that. I'm really a nerd. And I know. Well, you can see you light up when you talk about program, which is so exciting <laughs> to talk to you about. Well, I think that's such an interesting point too, because you know, a lot of times when we're doing different programs, as you said, kind of, we use ourselves as guinea pigs first or people that we trust. But I think also if you, if you keep working with the same people over and over again, you know, their patterns, you know, like how they Easy. might get it quickly yeah. or, you know, kind of the, the learning curve that they have. So having some randomness to the sample size, I think is such a vital yes. important to you, programming. You need to do that. And there's, and there's some reasons. So reason number one is caring about people's safety. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't want to try anything you haven't tried before on someone else. I think if this is working, it's professional ethics. So if I do something wrong, I overdo it, the volume is too high intent. I don't want to break anyone else. I want to do it myself. Then the second step is, you know, people you know for one reason, because you're sure that the data you receive are accurate. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, but then you need something that is completely random. So you need to put in, 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 in the bunch, you need someone who will be very accurate and precise, someone who won't be as precise, someone who's, gifted someone who's not gifted and have this will you know this will make all the results much more reliable mm -hmm. but it's it's the final step because first we're like you know we we take care of people's health right. so even if we're not medical professionals we have something in common with them our first call should be do not harm for no reason so so just be you know safety Above all, yeah. Above yeah. You know, that was one of the things when we spoke last time on, uh, on the last podcast, you had a line that I took so to heart and I got so much feedback from when we were talking about kind of heavy weights versus lightweights, you know, and one of the lines you said that I loved is, you know, when you respect the weight, you don't lose focus. And that's like such a big thing. Like when you're stepping up to a heavy weight, something that either is close to your, your max or something you haven't lifted before, you're dialed in at that moment. Oh, you are. Yeah, but it's like, but the lighter weights that we have a lot of times, if we, we don't treat them as with as much respect because we know it's going to step up, but that is really the, the secret sauce to finding where you can gain and really, really where you can focus on your technique is with the lighter weights. Is that, oh, yes. and that was one of the, like when it's light, you have a chance to think. And since you said that, like that is one thing that I've seen so much as utilizing that sub-maximal load that you can really focus on driving your feet through the floor of where you're losing tension. Because if you're going for like a one rep max, 
you're not thinking about that. You just need to focus no. on the lift and just drive it up. Yeah, and you shouldn't think because you, I saw so many people failing in competition because mm -hmm. they were overthinking when it was not the right time to think. It was the time of, you know, of doing. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, and it's interesting because it was recently, uh, as you know, I, I trained since 1983 and I got injured many times. And mm -hmm. sometimes I got injured badly, you know, got a couple of surgeries and stuff like that. And so I, I, I look back at all my injury history, not my training history, injury okay. history. You know what? I never, ever got injured with a heavy weight. Mm -hmm. Every single time I got injured, it was a light or moderate weight. Mm -hmm. You know what? And most of the time is because I did not respect it. I overlooked it. Uh, my, my biggest injury was a cervical hernia, which completely switched off my right side for probably a year and a half. Oof. So I, my, my uh, right tricep did not work anymore. I mean, I would raise my arm overhead and I was not able to extend uh, my, my arm with a two kilo dumbbell at the time. Mm -hmm. And my pet went off and part of my lap and I never fully recovered from that. That happened in 96. You know how that happened? I was doing something I would not do now. I was doing seated behind the neck military press. <clears throat> <Okay>. <laughs> but here's what. I had someone talking to me and I would just turn my head because yep. I could, you know, I could afford it. It was easy. And I heard it, you know, you know, when you go to see a Cairo and it pops your neck uh -huh. and you uh -huh. can't see the stars, right? Oh, lightning. yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. So I saw the lightning and I didn't bother, you know, it was okay. I finished my training session. During nights, during the night, I was in pain. The following day, I was warming up from the bench press. I just took the empty bar, right? Actually, not the empty, it was 60 kilos, so 20 kilos per pack, 45, which, you know, mm -hmm. boom, went down. My back wasn't working anymore. Wow. Mm -hmm. Completely switched off. Oh my God. And it, it took me years. And the very last injury was a new hernia on what well, protrusion on my lumbar. I was doing reps after I did my one of my PRs that was probably four years ago. And uh, I was doing squats with a very light weight. Mm -hmm. And I just was doing squats. I was just pumping reps without even thinking. Mm -hmm. And I simply went too deep. And uh, my my uh, my pelvis rotated, I went into a posterior tilt. So I ran in my lumbar and I felt a little pain there. Guess what? A few days later, my right leg was not working mm -hmm. properly. I lost so much strength and size. Mm -hmm. And it took me another good year and a half to recover from that. Yeah. So every single time it was because it was never due to the heavy weight. Mm -hmm. It was due to my bad, my fault, yeah. lose, loss of focus. Yeah. I remember, uh, yeah, one of, one of my good friends that uh, I used to train with, he was an all-time top power lifter for a while, you know, and crazy, crazy strong. And the worst injury he ever got was unloading a plate from the bar of coming off, like just kind of picked up the bar, just nonchalantly kind of, you know, backgrounded, not engaged and just kind of threw it to the side. And he said, he's like, I felt my entire side of my spine just... <laughs> just pop right up and it put him and he put it down forever. He's like, I've, you know, lift, I've stepped up to the, to the mat. I've been on the platform many, many, many times, never got injured there. It's just pulling that 45 pound plate off with it. Yeah, so. Because if you're squatting it, you know what to do, right? You do mm -hmm. something that is different. You, you, you got to put the plate down and maybe you just round your back going to flexion, 
-hmm. and axial rotation at the same time, and a strong back suddenly becomes a weak back, right? And mm -hmm. that's it. Or it might be that it was, it has been there almost ready to break for months. So right. maybe one or the other, you know, you were, you was, it was just waiting. It's like, you know, when you, uh, uh, when you have a, a rope and all the little ropes to make it, you know, becomes thinner and thinner and you have that mm -hmm. last little piece of, yep. of rope that holds it, sooner or later it's going to break. And it might stay there for years before it breaks. And it just uh, suddenly breaks. So that might be the case. Yeah. Or simply that you did something, a movement pattern that your body's not used to do, so you're not controlling it. Right. You're not doing what you would do under load, knowing, you know, what are you supposed to do. Yeah. And it could, I mean, it could be you've been doing so much volume and you've been doing really well, but that's accumulating over time that the next time you step up to the bar, it might be, you know, sub-maximal, but, you know, the overload fatigue of what you have in other times as well. Yeah, it's like, so I think the, the great point that we have from there is every time you step up to the weight, regardless of it, like treat it with good focus and, yes. and treat it with good care. And I've, I've just found from doing that, like for the longest time, every time I went into press programs, I would accumulate volume and I would have some sort of tweak in my left side shoulder, like just going from the neck or so on and so forth. And since we did that, every time I go in and just doing light weights, 20, 24 K type work, just locked in position and it's, you know, and it feels great. So I think that's, I mean, that's the big thing from strong first principles a lot is to always respect that weight and always focus on technique first over that load. Definitely. And, you know, pain is a good teacher yes, because yes. everybody thinks, you know, especially when you're young, you think, oh, everyone else except me will get injured. You know? mm -hmm. It's like everyone else may get a cancer, not me. Exactly. But, you know, things happen in life. Yeah, and so you, you don't think it may happen to you. But once you got injured, so you got burned a couple of times, well, you, you become wiser. Mm -hmm. it, it just happens. So the goal is, since, you know, you, you have more mileage, we have more mileage uh, um, in, our, in, you know, in, our, in our bodies, mm -hmm. uh, our goal is probably prevent others from doing the same mistakes we did in the past mm -hmm. and keep them safer and healthy for a longer time. No doubt. And no doubt. some listen, some don't, but, you know. <laughs> so, Fabio, I want to bring it back to what you were talking about with some of the Built Strong programs with the three, the four, and the six with the different movements on there. And I know you work with a lot of bodybuilders going into powerlifting and vice versa, going back and forth. Yeah, so is there, a, is there a reason that you would do like the three program versus the six when you're getting in with working with people? Or like is one better to start with, like starting with the three movements and then going to the four movements adding the hinge, or is it best to kind of work on all of them? Kind of what's your take on that? Here's the point. I first, you know, when people ask me, I, I want to plan from you. And my first mm -hmm. answer is a set of questions. The first one is, where are you at now? And the second one is, what are your goals? Mm -hmm. And the third one is, how many times can you train in a week and for how long and how much can you rest? Mm -hmm. Why? Because uh, if you just ask for the goals, everybody would like to be, you know, super fit, muscular, strong, mobile, and so on. But you got to work with what you've got, right? Mm -hmm. So if I ask for the goals, I pretty much always get the same answers. But not always, but the path to, lead, to go there, that leads there, might be different. So if you, it, let's say you, you, you have my lifestyle, which means that you work, 
is also your passion, which mm -hmm. means that I live for training, basically. I mean, this is what I do. So in the morning, I wake up, I go to the gym, I can stay two or three hours at the gym, then I just climb my stairs, come here in the studio, and do my work. Mm -hmm. So, but this is the dream for someone who trains, but someone has work, family, several commitment, thing to deal with. So if I can train four to six times a week for two hours and a half, guess what? Not everybody can do that. Mm -hmm. So first I ask, and also some may not be ready to, some may have the time to do mm -hmm. that type of training, but they are not yet ready. So where are you at? So mm -hmm. what have you been doing? Tell me what you've been doing in the past six months or year. Guess what? You know, our, the screenshot of us today is the result of what we've been eating, how we've been training, and how we've been resting in the past year or so, or mm -hmm. years, right? So first of all, let's see where you're at. Second, according to your goals, I have to look at your lifestyle and understand what you can do because there is an ideal plan and then there is the compromise with your life, mm -hmm. right? So ideally, someone is, let's say, he's a, he's a wealthy guy. He doesn't have to work. He has all the time in the world. So my point will be, your point A is where you're at now, getting into your goals. So probably mm -hmm. you're going to gradually start with BTS 3 and bring you up to BTS 6 and build up the volume and do all, everything would be ideal, the ideal path. Right. And then I have to deal with someone who has... Who Which has is the 0.001% of people. Yeah, right. exactly. But then you have someone who, you know, has a life, a family, uh, working shifts. Um, um, so limited time, limited sessions per week, limited equipment because it trains home or in a gym where there's not everything uh, he would need to do the ideal plan. And so that might lead me to work with, you know, BTS4 or BTS3 or mm -hmm. whatever. And someone says, okay, uh, I, my goal is just, you know, I like to be muscular and strong, but I'm, I, I want to go one hour, three times a week to this. Mm -hmm. So the answer is the minimalist plan, the minimalist plan. Got it. Pretty much as the one I published on Strong First, you know, the, the, uh, training in quarantine. That is not a build strong plan, but it's the, it gives the idea. Mm -hmm. So very minimalist, only lifts and so on. Mm -hmm. So there's so many factors to consider. This is why I created so many versions, not to give too many options, mm -hmm. but to give every single individual the option that works for him mm -hmm. or her. That's pretty much the idea. Yes, I think that's so there is huge. the ideal world and then there is the real world. They're two different things. Exactly. Yeah. And the, I know we, we love if they were, those would just marry each other at all times, but the oh, reality yes. is it never, it's. No, I would, I would like to be able to do one arm chin ups. Uh, uh, strict mm -hmm. muscle ups for reps, overloaded, mm -hmm. and squat, uh, you know, 600 pounds, uh, sorry, uh, 800 pounds, that is 1,000 pounds, and at the same time, have plenty of time to uh, mm -hmm. go hiking and, you know, go to the movies and exactly. eat whatever you want, uh, own a Harley <laughs> and several things. Guess yep. what? At one and point, I had to choose. Do I want to be strong in the squats and have huge thighs? Or do I want to do a one-arm chain or muscle up, weighted muscle up? It's either or. You can't right. have both. You can have everything in your life. You can achieve everything, but not at the same time. At the, exactly. But unless you're an eight, there are some people who are really gifted who can, but it's 0.00001% of right. the population. Yeah. And maybe that 0.00, 0 
they don't even care about that. That's yeah. the other problem, you know? Well, and so, I think it's interesting because a lot of times if you just look at the surface of what's promoted out there, a lot of the things that you see are that zero, zero, one percent. It's the genetically gifted that are super jacked and ripped and they're doing the one arm chin ups and it's, you know, 80 degrees and sunny out there and it's a perfect day and everything's just lining up perfectly. The reality is in life, life is chaotic. It's like working through programs to know. I've always loved that term, the allostolic load. It's the combination of all stresses that are going on in our life from work, from sleep, from stress. I have a couple guys who, you know, I work with who just had newborn babies. It's like, okay, you have less than zero time to train yeah. right now. It's like, we need to maximize every second that you have during the day and check in on it weekly to make sure that it's still feeling good because you might need to adjust that on a week by week basis. Exactly. You, you, you may summarize this in one sentence that my daughter hates me when I say it, which is, you know, unicorns in real life do not exist. Right. <laughs> exactly. The unicorn program. That's exactly yeah, it. We, I mean, we have horses, but we don't have unicorns. I'm sorry. Exactly. So, okay. Yeah, no, that's a perfect answer. So Fabio, I want to, I want to shift and talk a little bit about this pressing course. Cause as I said before, I've had a love hate relationship with overhead pressing since I found out about level two certifications where you need to do half body weight press. And it was just something that I've worked with forever. I've worked with a bunch of different programs and this is a program strictly on how to really build your heavy kettlebell press. Is that correct? Yeah. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. So and, I, I, I look through, there's like, I think there was like 28 bullet points in this course, guys, that you can go in. I'm not going to make you go through all of them, you know, today, but there is a few that would love to, to dive into and, um, and see about some specifics for you. Okay. Well, you know, the most interesting, uh, what I find interesting is, is the title of the course, yeah. which I have to give credit. It was Pablo's idea. I love it. And it came out of conversation between the two of us. Mm-hmm. Because, a, you know, I've been, I'm a big fan of uh, one-arm pressing. And I'll tell you why in a second. Because it, it, has, to deal, it has to do with, with a title. And uh, so in the past years, I, I think I developed this, a, a way to teach it, which is like bulletproof. It's foolproof. And um, I am a detail maniac. Mm-hmm. So I like to analyze every single aspect of the lift. And the reason for which I love the military press is because you have to control everything in your body. Yeah. I mean, if you do a deadlift, uh, when you lift the bar at lockout, the bar is still below your center of mass, right? Mm-hmm. In the squat, is here. But when you press overhead, you have the weight, which is way far away from the center. So there's, there's, there's nothing in your body you don't have to control. Everything under the bar, right? But when you do it with one arm and a kettlebell, everything under the bell needs to be under control. So you yeah. need to be stacked. All your bones need to be stacked under, under the bell to direct, project all that weight to the ground. But here's the other thing. You have a free arm that's not free side, that's not working, not loaded. You need to control that one also because if you keep that loose, you're not going to get 100%. Mm-hmm. So the idea is the difference between, you know, I also love, bottom military press or, mm-hmm. you know, double kettlebells, but still you're controlling your body symmetrically. Mm-hmm. When you're here, you have to control your full body, but asymmetrically. So it's like, if I could go back and be a musician, I would choose the drums. Okay. And the reason for that is because, you know, skill wise in the drums, you have four limbs that are doing if you're a good drummer. Mm-hmm. 
four different things at the same time. Yeah. It, I think it builds your brains incredibly and the connection between the two hemispheres incredibly because you got one foot that, you know, works on the Charleston, the other one that works on the, uh, I don't remember the name of the other one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know where you're that. going with it, yeah. And one is, no, then you, you got, well, you got different parts mm -hmm. and every single part is doing something different yeah. at the same time, which is incredible. This means having body mastery because mm -hmm. it's not only about knowing a, groove and skill it's about controlling four limbs in four different directions and four mm -hmm. different groups it's incredible mm -hmm. and chemical ministry press is a great example of how to lift in, in, with this idea because what your your loaded side is doing your loaded leg and foot is different from what your loaded one is doing and the same for the arms and the same for the rest of your body which means that so the reason for which i love it is that everything that you learn you, you learn so many lessons in a war on kettlebell military press that you can apply skilled and value apply to any other lift. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, if you become stronger in a kettlebell military press with one arm, you, this will allow you to get stronger in several other lifts mm -hmm. because you learn, you learn so many skills. You know so much about your body, about every single segment of your body that, you know, that it's, it's incredible. The mm -hmm. implications are incredible. And so the way I, I did it, the way I, I broke it down in that, in that course is, you know, Kettleman's press you're standing, so you're controlling everything under the belt. I started by taking pieces away. I said, first thing I cover in the course is a placement of the handle in your hand, mm -hmm. the grip and the wrist. Yep. Then I start covering. So what I'm doing, I'm just having, you know, light belt, holding a belt and working on that and just make some changes and see how it how, mm -hmm. how things change in the press. Then I have you pressing by line, floor press. So okay. everything is okay. off here. So you're focusing on what, what is your wrist doing? How are you gripping the bell? What is your shoulder doing? What is the shoulder mechanic in the very, in the very first part of the press? Mm -hmm. And then I take you seated, right? And you take you seated. So I'm, this adds in some factors. What is your T-spine doing as you're seated? Mm -hmm. And also, which parts of your body are supposed to move? Because when you press, most people just arch the lumber, right? But if you're seated, there's no way you can do it. You're going to fall back. So mm -hmm. you got to keep your midsection tight, and you have to move from your T-spine. So mm -hmm. you learn the proper T-spine mechanics, and you learn how to raise your abs. Uh -huh. But the good thing is that starting off the ground, you, you just, it's layers, right? You learn what to do with your grip and with your shoulder, mm -hmm. and then you take that and you apply that on top of what you're supposed to do with your T-spine, and then you apply all that on top of what you're supposed to do with a midsection. So I progress through, you know, tall leaning, half leaning into standing position. So what I do, I take the press, I take everything away from the press, and I just put all the pieces back together from the top down. Mm -hmm. And when I did that, I start talking about tension, about uh, which muscles, which parts of your body is supposed to be tense as others are pressing other prime movers. Mm -hmm. And then I start speaking about timing, how to get the perfect timing to turn part of your body into a solid piece of rock while the rest of your body is pressing the belt overhead. So it's, it's, it, it builds up that. Uh -huh. Now, this, all this brings to the title of, 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 the, of the course. By the way, the bullet points, I think that by a discussion like one you and I are having, Pablo mm -hmm. extrapolated those bullet points. Uh -huh.
because I wrote the course in bullet points. Okay. And then from the bullet points, I expanded the uh, the outline for the for the video, right? And I and I created the, the workbook, the manual. Mm-hmm. And then off the manual, Pavel came up with a title and with the bullet points that you see in the ads. So the, the title was, this is the idea. When, when we teach at the certs, we joke a lot saying, mm-hmm. when is it's time to you know, start the, the press session? This is what I do and many of my colleagues do. We say, oh, right, now it's time to cover, we're going to cover the meaning of life and secret of happiness. Mm-hmm. Everybody says, what are you talking about, right? <laughs> well, the secret of happiness is picking up heavy weights off the ground and press them overhead. Yep. And everybody laughs. And what I say right away, hey, hold on from laughing. It, it's a joke, only partially, but partially it's true. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is, first of all, first and foremost, and think about this, you've been pressing heavy, of course, and sometimes you do your PR. Mm-hmm. How does it feel when you do your PR and press? More oh. than in a deadlift or in anything else. You want to stay there in the lockout position. Oh, right? absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. You, you want to stay there and you want so everybody can see what you accomplished. Absolutely. You, you want an happy, oil, right? you want an oil painting of that spot right there yeah. and just holding that. And, and so I came up with this, which is also the nature of the course. It's, I'm not a psychologist, but I just put some pieces of the puzzle together and I thought about this. Now, you know that your emotions are very much related with your uh, facial expressions, but mm-hmm. also with your posture. So I thought, what is the posture of someone who is lacks in self-confidence? Close. Mm-hmm. What about lack of self-confidence and also unhappy? Yeah. Right? Un- lacking, lacking self-confidence, unhappy and weak, even more. You yep. just get rounded. Mm-hmm. Which is the posture that each one of us has in sitting on the desk in the office, right? Mm-hmm. Or in front of the computer. But what is the posture of a person who's proud, open, mm-hmm. proud and strong, Tall, even more yeah, open? open. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you know, in Italy, we're a big fan of soccer. So imagine that Italy, or in your case, USA, whatever, wins the world. And mm-hmm. for you, maybe base, uh, baseball or, or football, for us, it's soccer, right? Well, if you win the world, you... Absolutely. Yep. Hands up. Extension, mm-hmm. right? And I'm thinking of, of the t- statue of Rocky Balboa, right? Yep. Hands up. Mm-hmm. So this is, is the perfect posture of someone who is victorious. Mm-hmm. So I was talking with, with Pavel about this in an email exchange, and he goes, hey, this is the title, Victorious. I th- it's perfect. He came with the idea, and I, I thought it was just perfect, so I said, let's go with it. Mm-hmm. It is, and, well, and with, with pressing, too, it's like, I mean, not only the title fits perfectly, but it is like when you, when you hit that perfect press and it's a PR or it's, you know, or a rep press so, and so many things need to line up properly. So it's like, it really is that like it is. Um, I think the first person I heard say that like the key to happiness was John Ingham uh, when he was in yeah. uh, my RKC and it was like, we all chuckled and stuff, but then it's like, no, every time you get into that press program and you're feeling really good with it, it's, it lights you up for the rest of the day. It, it, you'll last for that for a week of just feeling yeah. you know great with it. So it's, you're right on point. I have a background story. Uh, John Engel and I did one thing. So I often uh, invite John. We're very good friends. I really, uh, we, we are in touch almost daily, in a, even out of, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so I often invite him to teach here, lead the search in Italy. What I try to do, 
I try never to leave a certain my my own country because people see me here all the time. You know, they get worship from me, they right. talk to me, and I think I want to bring in something more. So when I organize, yeah, the SFGs here or even the SFLs, I tend to bring over other masters. Couldn't do it during COVID. But this year, for instance, in June, we have the SFG1 and Brett Jones will be here. So I, I like to, you know, to give the helm to someone else so people can get a new experience. You know, same material taught by someone new, someone else, mm -hmm. you get much more out of it. So one of the times I got John Engham here, I had two t-shirts, identical t-shirts with a structured logo in the front printed. And uh, mine in the back had the secret of happiness is, and John's had pressing, <laughs> so when we started the press presentation, we had those teachers facing the, the crowd. So, so I turned and he turned. Oh, that's awesome. had, a, had a good time. That was fun. That was fun. That's great. Have it somewhere. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So really the, the whole course, I love how it's, it really is a deep dive into reverse engineering the press, you know, and yes. I think that's where I've seen so many people. It's like, we want to press heavier. So we just, you know, start to, we, you know, mess around with our clean position or we mess around with it, but still stay standing. You're going all the way down to yeah. laying down on the floor, get your floor press down, then go into a Z press, then into a tall kneeling press. And so eventually you're getting up onto your feet. And this for two reasons, <laughs> because the idea is taking the press apart like a Lego, you know, in, in the tiniest component, put it back stronger. But the other idea is that all those positions uh, allow you to learn some skills that you can apply to your get up, you mm -hmm. can apply to your bench press, you can apply to several other lifts. So the idea is it's video on the press, but it's not only for the press. This was mm -hmm. the idea. Plus, I added some special overhead lifts that tend to address laser focus some of the main common, the most most common problems, you mm -hmm. know, issues that you may have pressing, but not in pressing only. And so, in in, in the in the uh, uh, in the launch that you've seen those emails with the videos and so on, some of those are in there. So the idea is. Okay, we, I took you through the entire sequence and how to rebuild the press. Mm -hmm. But now you still find it as, while it's light, you can still control it. But when it gets heavy, some things fall apart and you have some leakages here and there. So let's address those specifically with some uh, specialized variety exercise, special drills that you can apply. And this is what we, we use for, for, for launching it, by the way. Mm -hmm. That was an idea by uh, Pavel Matic. Uh, okay. Lee from Czechia, who takes care of our marketing stuff and social media. He's a marketing genius. So I oh, love Pavel. He's the best. Yeah, he's 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 incredible. So, and so that's how it came out. And um, and plus there is a couple of programs. By the way, uh, they are in, they are in between build strong and plan strong. Okay. So that's oh awesome. Yeah. What I mean, one of the best programs for pressing that I ever had Brett put me on where it was a ladder based program, but started with things like bottom up pressing, then going into tall kneeling pressing, then eventually for the final rounds going into three reps, four reps, you get up onto your feet, you know, and I always found like with pressing, like the tall kneeling position always felt personally the best for me. Cause that's where I really felt my core engaging, you know, properly, you know, I was kind of learning how to shift my hips without kind of just naturally just, you know, kicking them out to the side, actually yeah. staying within like that legal zone of shifting your weight. Cause I think that's one of the things you talked about is like the appropriate lean when you do have a heavy weight, because it's naturally going to happen when you're going for 
a one rep max on one side as you're going to need that respectful it, lean, right? There's no way you can avoid it, but you you have to stay within that that limit, that range that doesn't turn it into, um, it's not cheating, basically. Mm -hmm. you, know, you don't turn it into a side press gotcha. or a bed press, mm -hmm. which is something we see very often, by the way. Mm -hmm. So keeping it legal, keeping it legal, strict enough and safe. And the other day is, you know, when you go heavy, you have to stay safe. So mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's a lot of things to discuss mm -hmm. there. But I had so much fun. And by the way, that, that video was recorded, you know, I wouldn't say a year ago, but pretty close to that. Uh, in in the middle of lockdown, oh, wow. okay. it was in my home gym down here, so I couldn't travel, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we decided to do this press video, uh, and um, I was my thirteen kilos overweight more than now, and so we recorded it here. So I got a videographer, a friend of mine, who came and recorded here in my little space, and then we had to work with uh, the editors overseas so it took quite some time to put mm -hmm. it together and at the beginning i i had to reshoot a couple of days because it was not easy to make it work properly and i wanted i want a perfect result i'm super picky on this you know and uh one of the things is that when we started we created the bullet points then the manual and then the bullet points out of the manual and i had a sort of teleprompter you know, remind me the bullet points and I was mm -hmm. like reading it and I didn't like, you know, I didn't feel natural. Okay. So I reshot a great part of the thing saying, okay, I'm not going to look at the screen. I'm just going to do my thing just gonna do and the then thing. I will change the bullet points accordingly. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting because when you're not used to that, you know, before that we did some other videos that was, were done in a professional studio with professional equipment, right. with your teleprompter, which is in front of the camera. So you can do it really well. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want that to, I didn't want this uh, course. You know, you, you can't be as you're alive. There's no way. But you want to be as natural as possible. And mm -hmm. you, you, you want the content to be engaging, not dry. Mm -hmm. And that was the biggest challenge. When you right. speak alone, you're alone in a room in front of a camera. Not being dry is not, it's not easy. Unless you're, unless you're like Greg Jones. He, on screen, he's just awesome. I mean... You, oh, I know. You, yeah. You, you lock Greg Jones in a, in a room with no one around in front of a camera. He would do an awesome job, whatever. He yeah. can read a poem. He can do whatever. He, he'll be awesome. But for others, I recall the very first time I shot a video, I had all my ideas in place. Everything was ready. You know, I had everything on my plan in my mind. Camera switched on and said, okay, go. I was like, uh, <laughs> I, I felt like, you know, beavis and butthead. Yeah. <laughs> Something about that red light pops up, and I know, and I know yeah, it's, like, it's different for uh, everybody. And yeah, you see guys like Brett, who I mean, he's so humble too. He'll say like, "Oh man, I'm not." I'm like, "No, he's like perfect on camera." Which is well, that's I mean, and I mean, that's the best way to really absorb knowledge is when the person that's working with just naturally is just you know going through it. And as I said, I mean, there's there's so many different things that you address in this course. Not you don't need to get everything down. It's like, there's going to be a couple things I'm sure that each person is going to work with. I mean, the, oh, yeah. the grip, the grip work for, you know, one, the breath work was interesting. Like the double breath, finding that tension, you know, that tightness and stuff. I mean, going through this, was there, was there kind of more one common trait that you've seen from a lot of people as far as getting into pressing that like most people need to work on? Is it finding that right grip? Is it, getting tight before they press? Is it more like the breath work, is it? Does one kind of stand out more than others? I see uh, 
usually I see uh, three general issues in pressing, mm -hmm. which are the ones that I, which by the way, they, they are just exactly those which I, I believe to be the main points of pressing. So three things that may happen is one, they don't know the, their, the perfect per pressing groove for them, for their bodies. Mm -hmm. So you need to find the groove. You need to, because here's the point. No, no matter what you do, the bell from here, from the rack, the sticking point will travel away from your body. Right. And you, if you just stay straight and stiff, if it's heavy, you're just going to lose balance. Mm -hmm. So you need to know exactly what are, not only how much you're supposed to press yourself away from the bell, but you got to find the right angles of the arm compared to the frontal and sagittal planes. Right, you know, right. You need to find the perfect groove and, the, and you know, from here to the sticking, from the rack to the sticking point, but also from the sticking point to the lockup. Mm -hmm. And it changes according to how wide are your shoulders, how long is your torso, right? And how long is your arm, are your arms, and how long is your arm compared to your forearm? So it's, it's individual. And how mobile are you in your teaspoon, mm -hmm. for instance? So there's several things there. So that's issue number one. Okay. Issue number two is when the weight gets heavy, they only focus on holding the weight and the rest of the body switches off. Or if not the entire body, they unload the side switches off, which means they're mm -hmm. not able to create a solid from foundation from where they want to press. And the third one is, teach us miss up the timing. Timing includes turning part of your body in, into rock, using the right muscle in the right sequence, the right time, and breathing with the right time, with the proper mm -hmm. timing. Generally, because breath, the way you hold your breath, when you hold your breath, when you exhale, how you exhale, mm -hmm. when does it start, it, it is strictly tied with your timing. Right. Right. Even, even, even this, the delay, the slow, slow delay between the time in which you, you get the belly in your rack and you get your body tight and then start pressing. Mm -hmm. If you start pressing before you got your body tight, it's not going to work. It's not happening. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you wait too much, you fatigue. Right. And you use neural drive. And also, if you do a clean or even a cheek clean before and you place your shoulder in a proper position, you get some stretch reflex and you do accumulate some elastic energy in your body. If you weigh too much, you got to lose that. So you cannot press too early. Mm -hmm. You cannot press too late. Mm -hmm. And then there is a perfect timing to switch from pressing yourself away from the bell and wedging back under the belt. Right. And breathing at the right time. So there's so much to learn. And this is why I love it. I mean, I used to press really heavy. I'm realizing that getting older, I'm not as strong as before. Shoulder, the elbow, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that, which makes me uh, feel very frustrated. But I get my satisfaction by seeing people who are becoming strong and right. way stronger than I, than I am and I ever was, which, you know, it's, makes me happy and this is due to the fact that so many details can be useful but my main goal is cover the most complicated lift so that you learn some lessons you can apply to others 
And if you think about it, it's what we always do in strong force. We say it's a principle-based system. Mm-hmm. Say you learn you, you learn some principles, universal principles with, with, with kettlebells, barbells, or body weight, and you apply it to the other modalities. Right. The idea, this is the idea I had in mind when I when I started, you know, working on the course. The idea was not teaching people how to press heavier, not only was teach people how to control their body and generate right. tension and relax at time to, and last and right time mm-hmm. and breathe and do several little things in the proper order to improve strength in any lift. Right. Which this will allow you to press heavy. <laughs> which will allow you to press heavy, but exactly. probably that lift heavier. Absolutely. I mean, I recall when I did, you know, what was most mind blowing when I did my RKC? I gave up completely barbell when I trained for the RKC for a few mm-hmm. months. And I got back from the RKC. I only use bells. That's all we did, right? You know, swings, get ups, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And um, I took a week, almost a week, almost off training because I was completely destroyed. I mean, you've been through that back yep. in mm-hmm. 2010. You know how that. Absolutely. Goes. Mm-hmm. And then the following week, I just deadlifted, you know, and it felt light. Yeah. So I did my deadlift PR without training deadlift, only nice. because I did the RKC. Mm-hmm. And what did I change? I changed the way I was able to generate tension, root my feet into the ground, wedge between the weight and, and, and the ground, uh, breathe, power breathing. So, mm-hmm. so many lessons I learned with kettlebells made my deadlift stronger, Yeah, which was my, what the hell effect was my haha moment, my mind blowing thing. I said, I realized at that moment that what they were telling me during the course was true, which is, this certainly is not about kettlebells. It's about getting stronger, mm-hmm. you know? And so my goal was that. And I hope, I mean, we'll see if people like the, will like the, the course, I'll be glad. Oh, no doubt. I'm sure they will. Well, I just know like with pressing specifically, like I, I just found that, you know, I mean, cause swings are great. Snatches are great. I love ballistics, but really focusing and learning that skill of pressing that bell overhead has such a carryover into everything. Just like you said of just going in and be able to just, you know, grab a bar, hit a deadlift PR. I've heard that in many different times before. And every time I've gone back to a specific, you know, program of working on my press, you just feel everything else just kind of just gets in that alignment. And specifically with that unilateral pressing, double, double pressing, as you said, is great, but that single arm, whether you're doing ladders or whether you're, you know, applying specific, you know, different drills, it has, I think it just has such a carryover, you know, to everything else. And just, and that lift specifically, I know for me, and I've heard it from a lot of different uh, people. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm sure it's going to have a great, great turnout on that. We'll see, we'll see. I, I'm curious. And, and you know, I like to joke on this. You know why you learn how to control your body fully when you do one arm kettlebell military press? Because you have no other options. <laughs> exactly. That's the idea. I mean, it's, you see, you may try to focus on learning how to control your body, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, it's in this case, you have no other option. Yeah. It's so an ultimate, it's an ultimate truth serum. So if you don't have these things dialed in, that bell's not going overhead. If you do, then everything's just going to be right in that alignment. And then you raise it up victorious, as we said, yeah. perfect plug right By there. Way, you know who John Ross is? I think he's from the East coast. John Ross. John, John Ross. I think his name is. Um, I'm not sure. Even we lifting coach. I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know him, but he was a guest in a, Powerlifting instructor course here in Italy, and I was there as a guest, and they asked me to translate the guy. 
in, mm -hmm. in from English to Italian. And I, well, he does he uses the Bulgarian system, which is not something I'm really a big fan of. But he came with the, with an idea. He came with with a story that made me think, you know, and about mindset. I well, I found it really interesting. So here's the example. Uh, you know, it's it was about people saying, oh, you should not squat every day. You know, you should not go heavy every day. You should get some rest. You know, people who like to split their routine, like squat every week, once mm -hmm. a week, or just twice, or if you do it already. Now, as you know, Bulgarians, they advocate for training every day, same lifts, you know, right. all you mm -hmm. can lift, and train them heavy every day. So mm -hmm. I don't agree with that 100%. There's some points. But the idea of the mindset he came up, he said, he said, you know, in the West, we're kind of spoiled. Our life is easy. So we don't, we do things because we like to do them, not because we have to. And if you want to be successful in lifting or any other thing, you've got to start having the mindset of someone who does things as a matter of life and death. Mm -hmm. So when, you know, I was translating the guy, so I was not, I had no idea where he was going to go. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I was just translating and I was listening and translating and trying to, where is this guy going? So I said, imagine that you are locked in Alcatraz Island in, in, in jail. Okay. So most people didn't know what Alcatraz was, so I have to explain what that was. Mm -hmm. And imagine that all the people, your most beloved people, so your wife, your, your daughter, your son, your parents, the people you love the most are also locked in Alcatraz. But you are in one cell. They are in other cells. You know they're there, but you can't see them. You can't speak with them. You just know they're there and they're alive. And they tell you, you can't, you never, or they can never get out of the cell, never, not even for food, for anything, they, they live in the cell. And you are, you can never, you can never get out of your cell, except from one hour a day to train. So the scenario is, you're locked to, into a jail. All the people you love most are locked into jail. They can never go out. You can go out for one hour a day just to train, right? And here's the deal. Every week, right, you have to test your PR in the squat. If you beat your previous PR, your life will continue like that. You have one hour a day to train. You will never see, you know, your beloved ones. That's mm -hmm. all you have. But if you fail, they will kill all your beloved ones, and you'll never see them again, and you also die. Mm -hmm. So in that case, you know, it's matter of life and death. So this is the scenario, right? Mm -hmm. And he started asking people in this scenario, how many times a week would you train? Everybody would say every day. Mm -hmm. Okay. How many times a week would you do your squat? Every day. Every day. Yeah. How many times would you go for a PR? Every day, right? So this was pretty much the idea. So again, this is extreme. Yeah. But the idea was about the mindset. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. The mindset of doing things, oh yeah, today I feel like I'm doing some presses. Mm -hmm. And the mindset of being, this is a matter of life and death. This is what I have to do. This is my main goal, my main focus. Mm -hmm. So I did like this idea of the mindset. You know, I yeah. love the story because it does give you an idea. So stay focused and mm -hmm. don't take it as a joke. 
You yeah. know, you know I've, I love that you brought that up because it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's painting a pretty nasty picture of being in prison yeah, and stuff. But, I mean, but to, you know, to get the point across like that, I mean, that's a really important point. And, you know, as you were talking there, you know, a lot of things that I've seen recently is talking all about recovery methods. And I'm, I'm a fan of recovery methods. I, I think they're very vital. However, there's also the time when you have to step in and you got to work hard. And when you, when you've got that time to put it in, whether you've, like you said, whether you've got a couple hours a week, whether you can train every day, however works best for your life. Like, like, and I'm a huge fan of intuitive training and listening to your body and all that stuff. But when it's go time, like put that in and freaking and lift that weight and apply these principles and drive it in. Like you don't need two days off from a light to medium workout afterwards. You need to you know push the body and get strong. You can't, but again, you know, I, I don't want to be extreme in that because, and if we start talking about, you know, how often you should push, we could have like three podcasts in a Absolutely. Row. But the, the idea is that I liked of that also is that the, the mindset of having no other option. Right. This is what took me to the idea of if I wanted to teach people to get strong, use the one on military press mm-hmm. because it's, it's just as hard as that scenario there. Because when you have a heavy weight here, you have no other options. I mean, if you're locked in Alcatraz in that scenario, you have no other option, right? Do right. your best. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to push it to the extreme thing. I'm just going to say your, op- your only option is do your best, mm-hmm. with whatever you have. And when you have a beast overhead or even heavier weight, guess what you have to do? Your only option is do your best with all you have. Mm-hmm. So I'm just taking this part. You know, this guy is very smart, but probably too extreme. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and also, again, I, I'm not, I don't necessarily agree with his training methodologies. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I'm there's, not, I, I think the shock value of painting a picture like that for a lot of people, I mean, you might be dialing it back into exactly what works best yeah. for you. However, knowing that that is, you know, going into it with, Hey, this is really important for you to do. Like, this is really important for you to get strong. And if you're going to put that time in, you know, it's interesting. I I listened to something that was about like productivity with what we do, like with work. And the line was something will take as long as you allow it to take, you know, where it's like, if you're writing something and you allow yourself two hours to write it, it's going to take two hours. Now, if all of a sudden you needed to get that same project done in a half hour because you got to fly out the door because you got to be meeting yeah. with your spouse and your family, you're going to get it done in 30 minutes. So oh, yeah. it's, uh, it's the amount of focus that we're getting into. That's why I think you can get really strong. You can get really lean. You can get everything that you're looking for in a short period of time throughout the week if you're focused and you're doing the right things at that yes. right time. And most of the time you have to have, you have to be in a situation which you have no other options. Yeah. You can't imagine how many times I got an article to write and a long deadline. Yeah. And I realized that I, if I have my deadline is three months from now, I will do 10% of the job in the upcoming three months, three mm-hmm. months and 90% of the job the last day. <laughs> I know it's just how it's how we roll, right? Yeah. So, oh, absolutely. I mean, the, there's the term cramming for the test, right? Where everybody stays up the night before and you ingest as much shit into your head as possible beforehand. When in reality, you had three weeks beforehand. But you know, I mean, that's you know, I think that's a superpower in as well as where we can focus specifically at that time. You if know, you learn the stuff. skill mm-hmm. of managing your ability to focus 
mm-hmm. you know, in a short amount of time to, to approach something, well, you, you, you can achieve lots of things in your life, you know, yeah. and not only in your, in your performance. And I realized reason for myself, I'm very good at focusing right away for training. For other aspects, it takes me some time. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a skill you got to learn master as several other skills. Oh, no doubt. I, uh, I think that's a skill that everybody can work on. And, you know, if I think it's good, you, if you look at the things that you apply to some people are really good at engaging and getting right into their work, you know, but they're struggling with their warm up and their time of getting into training. I think it, it kind of goes back and forth and vice versa, but, you know, applying this, the right drills, the right techniques, the right patterns, like you did with this course, I think, I mean, not only are you going to get crazy strong physically, but I think it will probably help you mentally as well in the same aspect. So, it, you know, you're, when you learn some lessons mm-hmm. and uh, you apply them all across the board. Absolutely. I mean, for instance, I was not very precise and tidy when I was young. But I think strength training teaches you precision. Mm-hmm. I think I changed a lot, most of my attitude in several other things mm-hmm. just because I, I trained my strength. I learned consistency. I learned patience. I learned several things that I apply to my work. I apply to the way I manage my family. I apply to the way I mow my lawn outside, mm-hmm. you know, several different things. So it's everything you learn. If, you, if you're open-minded enough, you can apply it all across the board, mm-hmm. almost everything. I love it. Yeah. Physiology drives psychology. You know, it's like working on your strength and building that up. Like you said, it's that, I mean, that pride, that posture that you get from being strong, you're going to want to look at other areas in your life of where I can, where can I improve this? Where can I improve this? And, you know, improvement, self-improvement is addicting. And the first thing that if you're building your strength physically and you're seeing it in the mirror and your, your energy's up, it's only, it's only a matter of time before it's going to propel into everything else that you're doing. Think about this. How many people have you helped losing weight or getting stronger? And how did their posture and facial expression change? Change oh, since they I got used results? to I used to laugh all the time. The old place that I worked at, my my office, my management office was right in front of everybody that would swipe in and check in for the gym. And I would see the day when somebody was really getting the results they were looking for because they walked into the gym differently. Like you'd see it was a, it was tall. It was, they were coming in with a game plan where the first day you'd see them. Like I could, I always knew exactly like I would peer around the corner and you'd see that person who's kind of shuffling their feet up to the front desk. Like it's their first day. They don't know, you know, we, 70% of what we say is with our bodies, you know? So you can, I knew immediately, oh, that person's interested in possibly a membership or getting in help. But the people that were crushing it, they were getting their goals. You see it. They look like, you know, three inches taller every time they stepped in. You said 70% of what we say is by, you know, by with our bodies. And imagine I, I'm from Italy. So for us, it's like 99.8%. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, Fabio, man, it's been great catching up with you and I appreciate you, you know, taking the time. This has been awesome. Oh, it's been awesome. I enjoyed it so much. So I just look forward for the next time. Oh, uh, no doubt. No doubt. So, uh, Victorious, it's available now. People can go in I and grab that course. I think it's available since, I think since yesterday. Great. And there is, uh, I think up to the 29th, which should be um, Wednesday, I think there is a kind of big discount. I think there's like $25 discount, something like that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, So so the lounge price is open for one week. And 
I kind of feel sorry when it looks like I'm trying to sell something. Actually, I wouldn't even. I, I swear to all listeners, I wouldn't even have mentioned Victorious if it wasn't because I was asked about it. Uh, <laughs> I, I tend not to try to be the seller. So yeah, but since well, you asked, I'll, I'll sell it. I'll plug it for you. So it's on sale. I think since yesterday, but yep. it's going to be on reduced price and discounted price, lounge price until next Wednesday. Perfect. Yeah. And we'll put the link down in there for people so that they can uh, jump in and get that. So everybody, I mean, you want to get stronger mentally, physically, everything, learn from Fabio, go in and grab Victorious. And uh, if somebody wants to reach out to you personally, uh, where can they go to do that as well? Oh, that's easy. Uh, contact at FabioZonin.com. Uh, Very easy. That's awesome. my email. Uh, social media, I'm there. I don't usually use the uh, direct mm -hmm. messaging systems. I have one guy, which is uh, the guy who takes care of most of the photos for Strongford website, you know, Perfect. It's, it's, uh, our photographer, which works also for Strongford HQ. And mm -hmm. he, he manages my social media stuff because I just, I'm just terrible at it. So, oh, it's all good. Yeah. No, I, I totally, so, I totally so understand. Email me and I'll be able to reply. Send me something on Facebook. I might not even see it. So perfect. All right. Well, um, Fabio, again, thank you so much. I'm excited. I'm going to go out and uh, do some presses right now just because I need to yes. get up out yes. of this chair and roll. And uh, everybody listening, um, if you want to reach out to Fabio, you know where to do that. Uh, Victorious, it's available now to work on your press. And um, yeah, catch everybody later. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I hope you came away with great stories and insights that you can use to create more strength and success in your life. Remember now, for a time, you can grab a free copy of the One Day Strength Challenge, the playbook that incorporates proven strength aerobics training along with the skill of intuition to help you create, design, and achieve your perfect training plan that fits around your busy schedule. Just go to www.thebreakthroughsecrets.com and grab your free copy today. It's your life. Make it the strongest possible. Catch you guys later.